0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Imagine yourself in the city of Jerusalem in the year 701 BC. The city is bustling, fairly large, well known city in the ancient Near East. Archaeologists estimate that it was about 150 acres in size. The temple is there. Remember the temple? The temple that Solomon built over 250 years earlier. But outside of Jerusalem, in Judah, is the presence of a terrifying and menacing army. The multinational army of Assyria. And the kings of Assyria have conquered the surrounding lands, including the northern kingdom of Israel. Their practice was to conquer and deport the local Populations to far-off distant places. The Israelites of the northern kingdom were already taken into exile. And in 701 B.C., the king of Syria had already destroyed 46 towns of Judah and deported over 200,000 people. And now? Now he wants Jerusalem to surrender to Assyrian rule. Their surrender would be less of a bother for him, rather than having to carry out a military attack and go through all the fuss of tearing down and destroying the city's walls. It would just be simpler if Jerusalem would surrender. The king of Assyria was currently in the process of destroying other cities. Lachish for one, a prominent city located southwest of Jerusalem, And in order to persuade Jerusalem to surrender, the king sent the Rabashicah, a high-ranking official in the Assyrian government. Now this Assyrian official was trying to undermine confidence in the God of Israel. So here we are. Let's imagine ourselves in Jerusalem in 701 BC, and the people of Jerusalem live under the rule of King Hezekiah. In Isaiah chapters 36 and 37, they record the speeches given by the Rabshakeh, the Syrian official. So let's listen to the arguments of this man. And he certainly did his homework. He knows something about the God of King Hezekiah, and now tries to undermine our confidence in our God. His goal is to persuade us to surrender. The question is, will we surrender or will we trust in the promise of God that we've been taught? Will you believe in the God you were taught about from this pulpit Sunday after Sunday? Will you believe in the God you were taught at Sunday school? Will you believe in the God you were taught in your catechism classes and confirmation classes? Will you believe in the God that you were taught in adult Bible class? Will you believe in the God that you were taught through the liturgy and hymns that we sing? Will you believe the promises of God? Or will you surrender to the voices of the world? Will you become a Christian in name only, whose mind and heart and will are shaped by the voices of the world more than the Lord's voice? You and I are inundated by the world's voices every minute of every day. They come to us 24-7 through TV, through the radio, our computer screens, our phones, in countless and many ways. And there are many Christians who simply end up conforming to the ways of the world and its way of thinking. Many Christians just basically surrender. Will you surrender, or will you believe in God's promise to save his Zion? So let's listen to the Rabshakeh's speech. Remember, he's trying to undermine confidence in the claims made by King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah tells Jerusalem to trust in their God. Yahweh, the God of Israel, our God, promised to deliver Jerusalem, his city, his Zion from the king of Assyria and his army. But the Rabshakeh claims that this is all just a bunch of nonsense. He says to Jerusalem, You are no match to the might of Assyria. If you rely on Egypt, they're broken reed. They can't and won't save you. If you think your own military prowess can deliver you, the king of Assyria will spot you 2,000 horses, if you even have that many horsemen. Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you. Do not let Hezekiah make you trust in Yahweh by saying, Yahweh will surely deliver us. This city will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah. Beware lest Hezekiah mislead you by saying, Yahweh will deliver us. Have any of the gods of any of the other nations delivered them out of our hand? Where are the gods of Amoth and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharim? Have they delivered Samaria out of my hand? Who among all of the gods of these lands have delivered their lands out of my hand? That Yahweh should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand. The Rabshakeh mocks the God of Isaiah and King Hezekiah. He says, wake up, Zion. Resistance is futile. Your God is no match to the overpowering, unstoppable might of Assyria. The king of Assyria has already conquered countless other cities. Their gods were no match. None of their gods were able to deliver them. What makes you think your God is any different? Your God cannot deliver you from Assyria. No God can. Surrender now. The challenge from the voices of the world remains basically the same for us, doesn't it? What rules the world is worldly power and might. Economics, politics, the daily rat race, the kingdoms of the world That is what calls the shots. The world tells you and I that. The world tells us that our God is a bunch of nonsense, wishful thinking, and made-up dreams. The world tells us that all religions are the same. Forget that religious nonsense. The world and its ways rule, not your God. So conform to the ways the world thinks and works. So what happened? Well, King Hezekiah and Jerusalem trusted in their God, Yahweh. King Hezekiah brought the matter before God and prayed, O Yahweh of hosts, God of Israel, who is enthroned over the cherubim, You are God. You alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Yahweh, and hear. Open your eyes, O Yahweh, and see. And hear all the words of this king, which he has sent to mock you, the living God. Truly, O Yahweh, the kings of Assyria have laid waste all the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were no gods. But the work of men's hands, wood and stone, therefore they were destroyed. So now, O Yahweh, God save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone are God. And so what happened? The God of ancient Israel, the God of King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, he was not just a run-of-the-mill God. Yes, the kings of Assyria conquered other gods, but they were not actual gods, merely statues of wood and stone. So, big deal. The kings of Assyria conquered a bunch of statues. But now, now they were facing the true God, the Almighty Creator who made the heavens and the earth. And the true God heard Hezekiah's prayer. And he acted in a mighty way. Chapter 37 it records this. And the angel of Yahweh went out and struck down 185,000 men in the camp of the Assyrians. And when people arose early in the morning, behold, all these dead bodies. And so what happened to the Assyrian king? He returned home to Nineveh. And the text records that 20 years later in 681 B.C., while he was worshiping in the temple of his God, two of his sons struck him down with the sword. How ironic. Not even his God could save him from his own sons. But the God of ancient Israel, the God of King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah is not impotent. He is the true God the creator of the heavens and the earth, and he acted upon his own promises. He carried them out. They were not empty words. God fulfills his promises. He came mighty to save his people, to save his Zion from formidable Assyria. Jerusalem did not save herself. Her own might was no match for Assyria. The Rabshakel was right about that. Her salvation, her deliverance, was due only to her God and His faithfulness to His promises. Believe the promises of your God, the one true God, given by His ancient prophet Isaiah. That day of deliverance of Zion in 701 B.C. was one of the greatest miracles recorded in Holy Scripture. That mighty act of salvation gave a foretaste, an anticipation, a preview of a becoming act of God to save as frequently promised by Isaiah. The time when God will save from death itself, from sin itself, from all the might of the world to oppress and rule. This Advent season, we look forward to that future day of salvation. In fact, that future day of salvation has already entered into history ahead of time through Jesus of Nazareth God's saving work already took place as Jesus said in the world you will have tribulation but take heart i have come over i have overcome the world in john chapter 16 verse 33 he has already saved us from sin death and the power of the devil He did it by living the perfect life in our place and by offering himself up as our substitute. He did it by willingly allowing himself to be crucified and to be put to death by the world. He saved us from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death so that we may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. You and I do not belong to the world. We belong to Jesus the Lord as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. Jesus is the victorious Lord over all. And He now gives you a share in His victory. Here in His new and greater Zion, in His new and greater Jerusalem, He gathers you into His saving presence and gives you the blessings of His salvation. As St. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, God is faithful. By whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. He did it through holy baptism. He does it through the gospel proclamation. He does it through the Lord's Supper. Here in Zion, among his people, in his presence, he gives you salvation. And this gift now is the guarantee that one day Jesus will come again. He will come again in visible glory to save you on that last day. Believe in the triune God you were taught. And do not surrender to the voices of this world. The true God will come. He will come mighty to save. Trust in God's promises as they were fulfilled by Jesus of Nazareth. God's own son in the flesh. Trust in God's promises that will one day reach their consummation. When our Lord returns in visible glory. Yahweh will save his Zion. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.